welcome to this very Christmassy episode of Your Turn to Choose. My name's Gabriel, and I'm sat opposite my very festive co-host, Sophie. So festive! Happy Christmas! Happy Christmas! We're both feeling very Christmassy indeed, after a day out in London. How, how are you doing this week? I mean, so festive, but I think we all need to recognise that you haven't picked a Christmas film, really, have you? Well, we'll get onto that, we'll get onto that. What, what do we do on this show first? We should probably explain... Yeah, so the show is your turn to choose. We take it in turns to choose a film that we watch together, sit down, talk about it, and then it's someone else's turn. Mm. And this week, I haven't chosen a Christmas film I know and love, like Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, should have picked it. Or another one, like Elf. I've picked one that you've seen before, but I've never seen, Die Hard. Yeah, I Very mean... exciting. Every man's favourite Christmas film, right? I, I don't think it's every man's favourite Christmas film, but it is certain men's favourite Christmas film. Mm. Like, you can, if someone says that, it says a lot about them, mm. for good or bad. Did you know it came out in the middle of July when it was first released? I didn't. That's hilarious. Yeah. So they didn't even back it as a Christmas film. Not at all. Not at all. In fact, apparently the studio thought it was going to be a bit of a flop. Um, they had very low expectations of it. They didn't put his face on the poster. Because no one really knew who he was. He wasn't a big star at that point. This is the Amazing. film that really pushed him into the into the limelight. Reviews were a bit mixed when it came out. Mm. People didn't like the focus on the violence or, or Ooh, Willis's performance. Poor Willis. Poor Willis. Um, but defying the predictions, it did really well at the box office. Uh, so it wasn't a sleeper hit. It did really no. well at the time as well. Yeah, it was the highest grossing action film of 1988 when it came out. Damn. Received four Oscar nominations elevated Willis to leading man status and made Alan Rickman our favourite celebrity. Alan Rickman. We miss Alan. We love Alan. So yeah, give us a little synopsis. What's what's Die Hard about? So do you know any of this? You must do. I know the kind of vague outline. I know about the skyscraper thing. I mean, it's in the poster. Yeah, it's in the the poster. Well, here we have it. Die Hard. A New York City police officer tries to save his estranged wife and several others taken hostage by terrorists during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza that's it. in Nakatomi Los Angeles. Plaza. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. I mean Short and sweet. The IMDB thought you don't need to hear anymore, you just need to watch it. Ah. Nice. Well, I'm excited. I mean, how how do you feel about it? Because you saw it a while ago. Oh, but I I feel like I need to caveat this by saying I really don't remember much about it. I think it was a really long time ago. Um, but I'm excited. Like, I, I don't want it to bring down our festive mood. We've had the most Christmassy day today. Like, maybe you think it's been too much and that's why we need to watch this, but I don't think this is going to be Christmassy enough. But, like, he looks great. It looks like fun. Mm. I, I actually am intrigued to know just how Christmassy it is. Because, like you say, people call it a Christmas film. So am I. Very intrigued. Yeah. For a film that came out in July, I mean, it's it's got to surely work quite hard to be Christmassy. I know, um, but it's even had like a 30th <coughs> anniversary Christmas edition. Like, there's a trailer for that online. Like, they, mm. yeah. They're leaning into it. They're leaning into time. it. Maybe it is more Christmassy than we think. Mm. Well, I'm trying to just tick off like the big Christmas films that I've never seen. And this is a definite gap in the Christmas films that I've seen that I've meant to watch every year pretty much that we've been together. And I just haven't got around to it. So. What better time than now? What better time than now? And like you said, it was quite a short and sweet synopsis. I found the tagline. Do you want to know what that is? Go for it. I feel like it's one of these that hasn't like stuck 
Because I don't think you'll have heard it before. I think I might have done. When you say oh, no, it, really? I think I will have heard of it. Yeah. Do you want to have a go? Now that we say that. Go on. Live free, die hard. No. Oh, <laughs> but that was like something. That's... that's like something you'd have on a mug at like a middle-aged woman's house. <laughs> <laughs> Live, I love, think, laugh. Or whatever I think, you said. I think that actually might be the name of one of the other Die Hard films. Well, it's but, not um, the one I'm going to tell you. Go on. It will blow you through the back wall of the theatre. <laughs> Amazing. It's going to blow you. Oh my god, through the back wall of the sitting room. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, I can't wait. Sounds great, right? What I was thinking of, which I think here was called Die Hard 4 or Die Hard 3, was called Live Free or Die Hard. So Nick there you go. That's die what I was thinking young, of. bad boots, does it well. <laughs> no? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's quite a few actually when you click on this. I don't know if there's any truth in it, but what about this one? 40 mm. stories, 12 terrorists, one cop. Oh. What's more festive than that, eh? It's got all the ingredients for a festive classic. I've got another one, and then I'll start. Let me go watch the film. It's Christmas Eve in LA, and the party action's about to explode. On the 40th floor. <laughs> wow. These are terrible. They're also quite spoilery. John McLean can stop them. Well, should we go and watch it then? Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll um, go and watch Die Hard. If you haven't watched it before, like me, you might have missed out on a film that's, I don't know, almost 30 years old, is that? Yeah. Maybe you're feeling Christmassy and you love it. You just want to watch it again. Come yeah, along exactly. for the ride. I mean, I don't think I don't think most men need any excuse to rewatch this film. So well, I'm just welcoming them in. You know, I was yeah. judgy about it at the start. <laughs> now I'm like, come on in. Go and enjoy, guys. Get into the festive spirit. Yeah. We'll see you on the other side. See you there. See you there. Bye. Right, we're back. We're back. We're back. We've watched Die Hard. Mm. What did you think? <laughs> you always open with that question. I'm like, <laughs> where do I even start? Oh, just keeping it nice and general to start, right? Yes. What did I think? I thought it was pretty good. Mm. I, I enjoyed myself for the most part. Mm-hmm. And it was more festive than I thought, mm. which I was pleasantly surprised by. Like... I'm now in the camp of Die Hard is a Christmas film. <gasps> this is big. I know, I've this opened really with that. Big. Maybe I shouldn't have opened with that. I know, what a, what, a, what a spoiler for later discussions. I'm sorry. Um, you asked what I thought. It was a key takeaway. I mean, I think it really is a Christmas film, isn't it? I think at its heart it is about... It's the story of a family coming together for Christmas and all the obstacles that they have to go through to get there. And making so. new friends through Christmas. Yeah. His new bestie. Mm-hmm. I don't know his name. Don't ask me his name. Oh, Al Powell, was it? Yes, that was it. Al Powell. Not not the easiest name to say, but we'll gloss over that. That's okay. That's all good. Yeah, Christmas brings people together. Yeah. And some out of windows to death. <laughs> but that's fine. Sorry, you've not made the spoiler. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. if you haven't watched Die Hard before, um, you should go away and watch it because we both really enjoyed it and it's Christmas, so what other excuse do you need? Um, but we'll be talking about the whole film, so yes, spoilers ahead. Yeah. And like, I would also sell it to all those people debating, should I turn off and watch it and then come back? You should, because it's, it's different. It's light relief from all of the Hallmark Christmas films. Mm-hmm. Watch something different. It's still festive. Mm. I'm, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. I feel like you've got a real soft spot now for <laughs> slightly well not cheesy but slightly kind of retro macho action films from the eighties and nineties. I love them, um, and I didn't know that until recently. I know. 
they like, oh, yeah, they're just quite like sweet, aren't they? Mm. There's something about them that's almost camp. I think we should work through some more. Because yeah, I think they get really wild, things like Rambo and stuff like that. I mean, there know? might be a limit for me, but like, yeah, happy to happy to give it a try. I mean, when it's your turn to choose, we could cycle through them. Mm-hmm. We certainly yeah. could, the action heroes of the 80s. I love it. So much better than action now, right? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not sure, but no, it was really good. Mm. What did you think? What did I think of, of Die Hard? I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was fantastic. fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it. Oh yeah. my God, I thought it was such a tight and exciting, kind of, a, yeah, like a little bit campy, I suppose. Definitely. And you didn't really know which way it was going to go. It was just, it was a thrill ride from beginning to end, as the catch line promised. Yeah, it did. Yeah, um, it was great. I mean, you say it was tight. That was my only kind of criticism, and maybe I'm being grumpy now. I did wonder if it could have been made a little shorter. Mm. I did think that. Like, oh, okay. I really enjoyed it, but I thought it was ever so slightly dragged out. Mm. Which bits would you have cut, though? Well, that's the obvious next question, isn't it? I'm not sure. I just wonder if, like, I wouldn't have minded one less fight scene. Mm. And I, I often say that, but I really wouldn't have minded one less fight scene. Yeah, I, I can see that. I wonder which one was the most kind of disposable, though. In terms of the fight scene. I mean, the one with him and that long-haired terrorist went on for quite a long time. And it was exciting, but it was a little bit protracted, maybe. Yeah, and maybe we'd had a few before that, so we didn't need such a long one, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Like, it's not a big criticism, but that was that was where I would, like, poke a hole in the film, I think. Mm. And even though it was so violent and so over-the-top and was about quite dark topics and mm. there was a lot of death in it mm. it did feel quite kind of weirdly comforting Christmassy to oh watch god it. I didn't think it was comforting <laughs> although I did love the bromance playing out over the walkie talkies yeah. that was comforting but the kind of retro aspect of it just you know it, it felt comforting in the way a Christmas film does really yeah Um, which was quite a feat to pull off and like we say quite odd considering it came out in July that it did manage to feel quite Christmassy. What I think is, it's quite a feat to pull off feeling comforted by those feet <laughs> bleeding out after my glass. Oh my God, my feet are cringing mm. now. I'm not comforted by that. Oh, that is a feat. That was awful. I feel like if you take out those couple of scenes, then you could maybe call it comforting. But yeah, that was pretty pretty savage, wasn't it? I literally overheard two people next to me in the office talking about that scene today. I didn't even mention Die Hard, but I heard them talking about it. Were they talking about how awful it is? Yes. Or, yeah. How awful it is. Mm. And talking about like walking on broken glass, how awful. I was just like, I don't, I don't want to think about it. I can't <laughs> see it. Oh. I think you'll find this funny. I mean, I think you can tell a film that men love by their Wikipedia page because Die Hard has its own thematic analysis section on Wikipedia. And it's quite long. (laughs) It's quite long. And it goes into a lot of detail. It just, you know, it goes into the theories about John McClane being Odysseus and being like a Christ figure because he endures physical torment, including his feet being cut to glass, creating bloody stigmata. I mean... You don't really get this with women's films, do you? Because I feel like they don't take things quite so seriously. As in, like, the film isn't made quite so seriously, or just the fans? The fans and the critics. I mean, I'm sure women do, but, like, I think they'd rather have that discussion 
like with actual people that just like on their keyboards mm. <laughs> editing wikipedia that's so mean i actually think good for them let them do that like i want people to be happy mm-hmm. that's what makes them happy i think that's really nice yeah okay well, i ma- won't read it but i think yeah I, I kind of meant with films that are as kind of daft and fun as die hard is yeah um but you can be daft and be taken seriously you can <laughs> Looking at someone right now. Yeah, I did pull a silly face then. Yeah, sorry. you did. Um, no, it's true though. Like, I don't. I I think that's okay. Mm. And sometimes, like, that gives films a whole new thing that they didn't even maybe mean when they started out. But that's cool. Mm. I we watched it a couple of days ago, and I still haven't tried the fists making the fists with your toes thing. That was intriguing. I wasn't can't. It? Even, I can't really figure out what that was meant to be. Not really. I think it was the guy right at the beginning who was saying like, oh, when when you get off a plane and it's been a long plane, you should take your shoes off in the hotel and scrunch your feet, your toes up into... Um, into fists. Into fists. But why was that? Was it to make you like chill out? I guess so. Mate, I'm on Reddit now. I'm going to tell you what it's all about. And then he tries it and he he loves it, doesn't he? Yeah, the guy says... It's better than a shower and a hot cup of coffee. <laughs> and then he tries it and he goes, son of a bitch. Yeah, slash yeah. an excuse to get him barefoot for the awful scene later with mm. the glass. But yes, good point. I mean, yeah, like, I I don't have such a bad time flying. I've never really felt like I need to do that. But maybe after the podcast, we should just sit on the sofa and just do a little bit of foot as fists and see how we feel. We can mm. report back in the next sesh. Yeah, it's quite cold in here, but yeah, maybe we can try it. <laughs> yeah, John McClane, I feel like wants things to be more Christmassy. I feel like he's humming Christmas tunes. Mm. He is kind of talking about Christmas. Because he, cause he's from New York, isn't he? New York. He's not from LA. So yeah. he wants like a proper snowy Christmas. New York Police Department. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But LA can't kind of live up to that, sadly. Yeah, I mean, I think he likes Christmas. He was coming home for Christmas, home in inverted commas. He had a massive teddy bear for his little girl in back of the back of the limo. Mm. Like he was all about it. I mean, yeah, he even wrote it on the the dead guy's shirt, didn't he? That was funny. Yes, he ho, did. Ho ho ho. <laughs> Like Got out a bit home. of Christmas cheers. I mean, they? you're not gonna lie. He absolutely <coughs> loved it. Like, I mean, you you gotta question it really. Like, he was really enjoying pretty much all of it. Mm. Would you think he was? I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, maybe what's his backstory? Was he actually not that great a cop in New York? And he was like, he had these ideas of greatness, and he finally got to have his great moment. And he was literally like, this is the best day of my life. Well, yeah, let's talk about him as a character because I feel like we don't learn that much about him or know that much about him. I've assumed a lot there. Um, but I really liked him as a character because especially towards the start, he was kind of quite guileless, not like a flawless action hero like you'd kind of expect mm. or like some kind of steel chin, you know, steel chinned mm. action guy. Um, he was quite kind of, you know, the way he was kind of edging around the office when they were in the meeting room and stuff, he, you know, he was like a little bit nervous and... Well, they weren't his people, were they? He wasn't kind of super confident and knowing exactly what he was doing. He was just winging it a little bit. And I quite like that about him. Yeah, although I think it fits with, like, being uh, just, you know, he's in his lane as a New York cop and that's what he wants to do. That's where he's comfortable. He never wanted to come to LA. Like, it's a very different world that he was 
thrust into up the tower. Mm. And, like, I... I don't think it means he was, like, a shy, retiring character. I just think he was out of his comfort zone. Mm. But I do wonder, like, we don't see how, like I say, how successful he was as a cop. And, like, a bit of his excuse for not coming was that he, you know, he had a lot to do in New York. He had bad guys to put behind bars. Well, yeah. he really loved shooting, killing, all the stuff he did up the tower. He was having a great time. Like, there was, he almost enjoyed it too much. <laughs> <laughs> what a little bit of a sadistic streak, you think? It seemed like it, or yeah. or a streak of what would you call it? Just like like wanting to like really succeed, come what may at all costs. What mm. would you say about not like pride, but like? Well, the the thematic Wikipedia entry says that some critics believe he's trying to find redemption through violence. And that's the high, kind of the whole structure and the theme of the film is that redemption that's, for well redemption relationship yeah redemption for kind of yeah le- you know kind of leaving his kids letting them come to LA with their mum not really being part of their lives yeah and just kind of changing the whole structure of his life and wanting to yeah. get it back on track I suppose I can believe that like I think. Like, he definitely was regretful and didn't handle the stuff with his wife very well, and that was all, like, really tough, and I think he thought he could have done better. He even, like, messed it up when they were talking in the bathroom again, didn't it? Like, they decided to care. I think he saw it as, like, what am I good at? I could do this, and that will prove something. It'll mm. prove that I'm a man. It'll prove that I care. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, while also having clearly a huge amount of fun as well. Oh yeah, he was pushing it. trolleys full of explosives down lift shafts. I mean, he was pretty clever actually. Hmm. I don't want to give him too much credit, but like he did some clever stuff. Yeah, I mean, he he almost brought the building down, but he was doing stuff. You know, he's doing more than police was achieving. Yeah, like he was quite quick thinking. Yeah. Adapted to all the different situations that were happening. Like a lot of the others fell down at that, didn't they? So mm. yeah, it's pretty clever. Yeah. I mean, I, I quite liked him as a character. And you could see why. With flaws. For they sure. then built a franchise around him and around, you know, the title of the film and stuff, just because he was quite a good character. Not a perfect hero, but just doing his best. You know, trying to be a good guy, trying to do the best for his family, and knock over some terrorists in the process. Yeah, there was enough about him to make him, like you say, not perfect, not, like, relatively real-seeming, and I think that's why he does well, because I think people watch that and like to think they could maybe be a little bit a little bit John McClane. Mm. They see things in him, and they think, like, oh, I say stupid stuff to my wife. Oh, there was a little um, Christmas, like a potential Christmas reference that you picked up on. Oh, yeah? 12 terrorists, 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Could that could that be a little subtle hint? I think so. I think they, they did make it Christmassy and it had quite a lot of Christmas songs in it. Mm. Like you say, knocking off the terrorists as you go. I Yeah, I think it was more Christmassy than I expected. I'm mm. sure there'd be loads of Christmas things. I bet there's like a page of every Christmassy type thing that happens. There'd be absolutely loads. Mm-hmm. And we were saying, like, the rap song in the limo, I was like, well, this hasn't had cut through, has it? Mate, it has. It came on Spotify the other day. What was that mm. song called? It was Run DMC. Christmas in Hollis, I think it's Christmas called. Christmas in Hollis. Like, I don't think we've given this film enough credit until we watched it, to be honest. No, I thought it was great. I, I, I expected to quite enjoy it, but I thought it would be a little bit daft and, you know, maybe not one I love. I mean, like I say, the only diehard film I'd watched before this was Four. Which I remember quite enjoying when I was younger, but I know people don't love that film. And I think people kind of thought the Die Hard saga 
went off the boil a little bit around two or three, maybe. So um, after the first one. <laughs> yeah, maybe three, if we're being kind. Mm. But number one, I think, deserves its status as a bit of a stone-cold classic. Well, it was, I assume, from what we said before the podcast, that it was intended really as a standalone. It was never planned to be particularly a great big series. So there's often something really good about that, isn't it? Like, it's a complete story on its own. Mm. Definitely with an option to extend if it's successful, but... Did you know it was based on a novel? Uh, I think it told us at the start. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I completely missed maybe, that. Maybe it did it. Maybe it did it. <clears throat> Sorry. From 1979, called Nothing Lasts Forever. Nothing Lasts Forever. Sounds... Yeah, I was literally just about to say it sounds mm. like a Bond title, doesn't it? By Roder- Roderick Thorpe. Yeah. And it's actually about a retired NYPD uh, detective who comes to a company Christmas Eve, happens on Christmas Eve as well, where his daughter works and he has to save his daughter. So Retired detective? Mm. I imagine he'd probably die a bit quicker. Yes, well, he he seems (laughs) to survive the whole adventure, just like John McClane does, but... Yeah, God knows how that would have worked. I suppose they could have got someone like Clint Eastwood to do it, maybe. Maybe there's less brutal fighting, physical feats. Like, yeah. Detectives are surely not as, like, super fit, and he's retired and old. Oh, there's a lot of running about and swinging and jumping down lift shafts and all the rest. He had so there? much fun, man. Yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay. There were some other people, I think, that were in the running to we, be John McClane. Sorry. Mm. We could talk about this, but can we first, can I, can I make sure we come back to what I want to mention? Mm. Alan Rickman. Oh. Why, why are we not talking about him yet? I mean, there weren't any alternatives to him, were they? No. He was just fantastic. Iconic. Absolutely fantastic. He's just so good. So good. He's just an incredible villain. He was what, oddly a little bit likeable as well, though. Mm. I think that's partly maybe why he's a good villain, because he's quite scary, it's quite threatening. Mm. But there's just a little bit of you that does quite like him. No? Yeah, just and, me? Yeah, and I think particularly, like we, we said with that scene where he invites someone, I think it's invites John McClane's wife in, doesn't he, and says to her, oh, you can have whatever you need, you can have food, you can get up if you need to. You know, he's quite, he's quite an amenable terrorist. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought he was good, though, like... He wasn't just, like, awful horror. And I think that's kind of makes it him a bit more scary in a way, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, because he suddenly turned and suddenly snapped and was quite nasty and horrible. Yeah, and he was very good at, like, pretending to be the person working when he first bumped into John McClane. Mm. He was switched so quick to be like, oh, you're not going to tell us, are you? Like, just oh, so yeah. believable, so good. He was really good in that, yeah. Let's look at some of the actors who almost became John McClane. Yeah, go on then. I might not know who they are. So this article says, naturally, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Someone else that refused it was Mel Gibson, apparently. Sylvester Stallone. They kind of cycled through all the big hitters, didn't they? Um, A lot of people turned it down because, I mean, like I said in the little preamble, Bruce Willis wasn't a big star at this point. This was his kind of big break. Even though he doesn't seem that young in it, really. I suppose he might have been in his 30s. But yeah, it was his big break. And clearly, no one else wanted to do it. Maybe they thought it was all going to be a flop. I like, though, that it's given someone that was more unknown, like, a new platform, like, a new, like, made them into a star. Like, it would be a bit of a shame if there was just, like, a few stars and it just cycles through them for every different film. Like, give someone new a chance. Mm. And maybe that's why it actually did well. It might have felt a bit more cookie-cutter of another Stallone film if it was him, you know? Mm. 
Yeah, and I mean, other people on the short list were Harrison Ford, Clint Eastwood, like I said, would have been good as a bit of an older one. Yeah. Burt Reynolds. This is a funny story, though. The origins of Die Hard can be traced back to the publication of the novel The Detective in 1966. Two years later, in 1968, the book was adapted into a film starring Frank Sinatra. Years later, 20th Century Fox began preparations to produce a film adaptation of the book's sequel, Nothing Lasts Forever and were contractually obliged to offer the lead role to a 70-year-old Sinatra. Unsurprisingly, Sinatra turned the role down, and Fo- Fox began retooling the script into an original movie called Die Hard. So we could have had <laughs> Frank Sinatra in his little trilby hat as as John McClane. How funny. I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny, I didn't know that. I made a note here about the terrorist's amazing hair. Oh, what was that about? Word. And cool kind of ge- Germanic outfits. I thought they kind of looked like, you know, those um, AI Harry Potter things that are going on over mm. Instagram. They kind of look like them. Yeah, I mean, it was an odd choice. Like, the hair was like, some of it was like a full-on, like, glam rocker. Like, they'd just come out of the salon. Like, what was that all about? And if they ever wanted to, I mean, they obviously didn't want to be inconspicuous, did they? That was yeah, no. it was bizarre. I mean, absolutely not. I Stuck out what like John a sore McClane thumb. Thought. He's got no hair. <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> he why he's so He did have a so bit angry. of hair. You're he thinking didn't... of Bruce Willis later on. I don't think he had that much hair. He was definitely balding by this point. Yeah, yeah he was. Which is why I think, like I say, he doesn't seem that young. And really, they had long flowing locks. Like the guy was bitter, man. And that drove him on his mission of vengeance. Yeah, I bet. Like, there's a lot of bitter balding men out there. We were going to talk a bit about the budget because it did, for you know, for a film that, like I say, they expected to be quite a flop. I think it was quite a big budget at the time. It was twenty-five to thirty-five million dollars. Yeah. And at times, it really did seem like quite a big budget for the time. Like the explosions yeah, yeah, yeah. were massive. Yeah, I thought it so. was obviously set in this skyscraper, you know, with some amazing views and things, some death-defying stunts. So yeah, it quite felt surprising, like really. expensive. And that was that's where it's surprising, isn't it? That like he wasn't a big deal, and other people had turned it down. Like they obviously mm. still believed in it and put that money in. Like yeah, it definitely felt like there'd been budget put in it. Yeah, they ploughed a lot of money into it, and then decided it was going to be a flop, and decided not to market it, which is just kind of bizarre, really. But it obviously didn't hurt it. Maybe like there's a point there around like how important is marketing? Like can you have an amazing film if no one goes to see it? Can it still be successful? Yeah, I suppose these days they do plough so much things in, so much money into marketing, but the best things are still things that people recommend to each other, I feel like. Yeah, but it's probably harder to have cut through now like that because there's so many things, more mm. to choose from. And yeah, then it went on to produce a lot of different sequels. Die Hard mm. 2, Die Hard with Vengeance, <laughs> Live Free or Die Hard, Good Day to Die Hard. Good day all... to die hard. <laughs> Wake all... up in the morning, stretch, <coughs> get a cup of joe. Today is a good day to die hard. And they steadily got worse. So yeah, this this has really got me in the Christmas mood with all those little silly quips and great action and slightly squeamish scenes. But we'll forget about those. Yeah. What I did write down was it was just funny that we talked about the terrorists and it was how many terrorists was in the synopsis mm. and then you lost count of how many terrorists I kept losing track of how many terrorists there, there were there were 12 12 days of Christmas 
12 tourists. <laughs> he knew. Just, he wrote down their names. It just seems like a weirdly specific number. I mean, wh- when you watch a film, you're not normally told how many <laughs> bad guy goons there are. And it's like they kept mentioning goons. the fact there were 12. It was just, it was bonkers. But like you say, a little Easter egg to, about the Christmas setting, which I yeah, quite I like. So. Are, are you proud of me that I picked a film at last that is not really green? Yes, I am proud that you picked a not green film. Mm. I don't really know what colour this film was, really. It didn't really have one particularly. Maybe red. A lot of blood spattering everywhere. Yeah, but other than that, there was a lot of just like almost black and white, actually. Mm. Well, black and white that then was the blood bled mm. into, you know? He mm. was in black and white and became more bloody. Mm. Like a lot of this, like, places they were running around inside were like black windows, black night building site inside, white concrete, mm-hmm. and then that was splattered with blood. I think that was it, black and white, with blood seeping through. Mm-hmm. That's an image, isn't it? You should be a cinematographer. Thank you. I liked it. We need to do, um, what are you scoring it? Out of ten. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I, I really, really enjoyed it, and I can see why it has such rewatchability factor mm. every year at Christmas, because it was just, you know, it was just a fun time... Of a film. <laughs> Fun time of film. Go on then, give us a um, number. So I'd probably give it a solid 8 out of 10. Oh, really? Um, and I can't wait to watch it again. What about you? So I've been a little bit torn, and this might sound a bit harsh, but I am just going to go with a 7. Mm. Just because I do think it would have been stronger had they been a little more discerning on some of the scenes and just cut it a little shorter. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. But I did really enjoy it, more than I thought, and it definitely felt Christmassy. Yeah, and I mean, uh, just talking briefly now about the, the length of the film, I thought it did work. I mean, it, it managed to keep up tension all the way through. You weren't necessarily bored at any point, but, you know, I guess maybe this kind of film action, like heavy action, fast-moving film, might have been better around around 30 minutes, around 45, rather than like two and a quarter. Was it was it a two and a quarter? About that, yeah. Yeah, it is just a bit long, isn't it? Mm. I think, you know, an hour 45, maybe edging up to two, is push, like pushing it, but okay. But going over that felt, just felt a little much. They could have been a bit more discerning. I For think. a film where you're not kind of delving into like any deeper themes or any like really interesting ideas, it's, yeah, it could potentially drag a bit. But having said that, still eight out of ten for me. Yeah, I still really enjoyed it. That's my only criticism, really. Mm-hmm. Also, honourable mention from me to Netflix's A Christmas Prince, which we've also watched this weekend. Oh my goodness. Um, So it's real chalk and cheese on the viewing agenda this weekend. Um, But really enjoyed Christmas Prince as well. What do you want to rate that? (laughs) Probably give that a good score. (laughs) Might give that (laughs) a seven, so just below Die Hard. But... (laughs) Yeah, you couldn't, did like couldn't that. Couldn't fault it. Really enjoyed it. That's really sweet, isn't I it? just feel like I've been subjected to quite a few very, very bad Hallmark films. And, you know, with this Christmas Prince being a very slight improvement, it ticked the boxes for me. But there yeah. you go. And I think there's, you know, there's a nice thing in watching two Christmas things that are very different. Mm. Makes you appreciate them both a bit more, doesn't it? Yeah. And finding a new Christmas film... You know, that's what you want. We love the old favourites, but we love discovering new ones too. We do. And if you have any suggestions for us for any good Christmas films next year, which seems a long time away now, but it'll come around quickly. Well, um, please maybe we send can them watch in. more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we can fit in more than two, maybe. Um, send them in to yourturnschoose at gmail.com. 
And now it's time for you to choose, as it's your turn to choose. Hey, it's about time. Are you ready for a drum roll? I'm ready for a drum roll. Let's do this. Yes. My neighbor Totoro. Oh, what a lovely choice. Did I say it right? Yes, I think so. Not that I've ever seen it, but I think so. How do you know it's a lovely choice? Because I've heard it's a wonderful film, mm. and yeah, I've had loads of good reviews from different people. Yeah, so, me too. I think excellent. it's going to be a really lovely start to the new year. Oh, what a lovely, soothing little choice that is. Yeah, that's what Very I exciting. Yeah. After Die Hard. I know, <laughs> gosh, it's real jumping back and forward, this, but you know, that's what we planned. Yeah, it's your turn to choose. choose. Yeah. This is what this podcast is all about. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about My Name Totoro or anything? It's by Studio Ghibli, mm-hmm. that's how you say that. Mm-hmm. Done lots of lovely animations, mm. and I've just heard wonderful things. Was it Great. J- Japanese? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much more. Honestly, I don't. I've seen the character, he looks adorable, mm. but that's very simplistic. No, that's maybe the key to the whole thing. I think so. I like we'll to pick out. things sometimes that I don't know loads about and I haven't already seen. Mm. Like I picked 500 Days of Summer last, t- last time, it was my choice seen it hundreds of times. This time I want to pick something totally new for me. Mm. And new for you. Yeah. We'll see it with fresh eyes. And I actually think let's not do loads of research before we watch it. No, I think that's a good shout. Going blind. Yeah. Just see what we think. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yay! And it'll be a really nice to wel- way to welcome in 2024 as that's this is I our think. last episode of the year. So... Yeah. Next time we talk to you guys, it will be a new year. So you've had a heads up if you want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you in 2024. Yeah, have a nice Christmas and a very happy new year. Merry Christmas. We'll see you soon.